Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. Listen to the exciting story of the American Community Schools of Athens. Check out what drives all the members of our international community of learners as we create the education of the future. Here's John Papadakis. Welcome to today's program. With us today is Dr. Peggy Pelones, president of the American Community Schools of Athens. We discuss what ignites the passion for learning, leading a dynamic organization, especially during the pandemic years, students and families coping with the challenges of COVID, the resiliency of an entire community, and her why for what she does. Dr. Polonis, if you reflect back to the time when you were involved more closely with the student affairs, you were director of that department for many years, as we know. What did you think was most exciting about being part of a school like ACS Athens? I think that the best part of a school like this is being able to um, understand students and their differences. Um, every every child is unique and having that opportunity to see the child holistically and understand what is going to ignite their passion and create the platform for a best fit situation, whether it's a university or, you know, different courses or whatnot. That was the most exciting part for me when I finally would get to the bottom of that. And as we know, your background is really diverse You have a degree in counseling psychology. You have taught university courses, uh, master level. You have an MBA. You have a doctorate in educational leadership and a certification for school leadership from Harvard. What strengths do you think this background gave you to enable you as uh, you were taking the path of the president of ACS Athens? Um, All of these degrees... I think at some point came to, you know, were very useful in understanding an organization from different perspectives. Um, But the degrees themselves would really, they're not enough. The experience is what really brought uh, this all together. But being able to see the organization from the strategic perspective, the finance perspective, the individual student perspective, and faculty and parents. So really, I see the organization as a system that's made up of all of these different pieces that need to come together at some point to, and everybody needs to work towards the same goal. So that there's movement in the organization. We're a dynamic organization. We're constantly changing and we have to change. And so all of these pieces came together to give me these different perspectives and experiences. Uh, So I was able to see the true nature of each student and their needs so that the organization can work around that rather than the other way around and try to fit students in an organization. Going back to your academic background, would you remember a a course from these degrees that helped you mostly when you came into that capacity as the president? 
one of the things in my doctoral program, and that's what my thesis was involved in, is really looking at all of the inter many international schools across the world and seeing how do they do professional development to help teachers continuously grow so that the teachers are staying abreast of the educational times and so on and so forth. And what came out of that is that professional development is really, you know, it has everyone, it's daunting. And um, there are a lot of questions about that. We were able, as a result of that, here in the school to put together a professional development program that's sustainable and that creates reflective practitioners where teachers are constantly learning uh, just like we expect the students to learn. So that was a very important part of my educational uh, journey. The other thing had to do with um, one of the courses I took at Harvard that had to do with sustaining change, creating, initiating, and then also sustaining change. Because oftentimes the change is superficial you know, it's uh, kind of an, uh, you know, reactive to situations. But once you really look at change systemically and um, don't think of it as a top down, but where you get the entire organization to participate in the change, then it becomes sustainable. It's more challenging, of course, takes more time, but it becomes sustainable. As a school, ACS Athens, uh, we went through two really challenging years. In 2020, we came head to head with an unprecedented crisis, the COVID-19 pandemic. Of course, we were not alone, but as crises go, it was a big unknown. We went through a tough lockdown. The first one in the spring of 2020, where people were afraid to get out of their house. Schools stopped their face-to-face -face operation, but we were fortunate to have a backup plan. In 2021, the pandemic continued, and uh, last academic year, we had no more than a couple of months, maybe, of normal campus activity. How did this whole situation, these two years, make you feel or affected the way you planned your transition to be a president? Initially, it was a shock, and really, there was no choice but to respond to that shock and to just kind of do things to make daily operations work. But... When I had a minute to take a breath and sit down and reflect, um, and also with my leadership team, which was very significant, we brought all of these years of experience together. Uh, and one of the things that I never lost sight of was what is the goal? What is our goal? Ultimately, our goal is to provide the best educational platform for students to make sure that learning is not interrupted and at the same time to provide a safe environment so that students feel they want to continue to learn under these very unprecedented circumstances. So I never lost sight of that goal, first of all. And secondly, uh, I was very confident in all of the experience and knowledge that I had of the institution but also that the leadership team had. And um, I knew that though we had no answers, we would figure it out as we went along. Um, we were prepared for the online teaching and learning, at least for middle school and high school. And that's because we did look ahead uh, a number of years before where we knew that education was heading towards the online platform uh, in a hybrid way at the time. That's what we thought. And so we were ready and we were prepared. Our students were and our faculty were prepared. The elementary school was a challenge 
because there was no way to foresee that the elementary would have to go online. That was difficult. That was challenging. Engaging students at a very young age, having parents on the other side to navigate the platform, uh, you know, training teachers very, very quickly. But as I said, we, I think we all had a mindset of we're going to figure this out. And I think we did very well. Have you felt uh, in place of the student? Have you put yourself in their place and thought about I'm now an elementary student. I'm in my living room or in my room and I'm trying to get in touch with my friends. How did that make you plan your way ahead? I mean, getting in the place of the students. The first, I think, priority for me was um, safety of the student, uh, but and the continuation of education. But there were continuous focus groups with little kids, with middle school students and high school students. And in a way, you know, when you're in front of such a daunting experience, we all become children because we're lost. We don't know the answers. We want somebody, some adult in the process to come along and say, here's how we're going to do it. And we didn't have that. So in some ways, the, the, the feelings, the emotions were the same as the young children. And one of the things that I knew for sure was that children were looking to adults to feel a sense of security. So we spent a lot of time talking to parents. We spent a lot of time talking with the faculty, making sure that the faculty was taking time to talk to the students and listening to the students as well. And so, yes, every decision that we were making was taking that into consideration. The feeling of fear, of helplessness, of uncertainty, unpredictability, which is a very anxious place to be. And continuous anxiety is not always the best for our psychological immune system. And we, of course, know how difficult it was for the students who were ready to leave the school. They were preparing all their lives to get out there and go to college and study what they like to study. What was your perception? What was your way of understanding their place? I was sad for them because they were missing out on experiences that, you know, are so important in their lives. I knew, of course, that they were building other skills, um, competencies and so on and so forth. And this resilience was being built in them. However, there was a loss. There was a huge loss. Um, what they knew was not what they were experiencing. And so there are many any conflicting emotions is associated with that. There's, you know, there's sadness, there's anger, there's uh, lack of motivation. All of these things that as an educator, you know, we had to tackle in some way. Did we always do it perfectly? I don't think so. But I think that we always did it with that in mind, that students need to have the attention uh, in many different ways and the time to deal with some of these feelings. And What was interesting to me is that during this time, the young people were dealing with such an, you know, difficult situation, but yet we expected them to be on top of everything, to do, you know, to meet their deadlines, to do their assignments, to do all of these things. They were trying to cope with a situation that nobody had any answers for, but yet we as, we as parents, as educators expected them to do ABC. And when I realized that and, you know, we discussed this with the faculty, everyone took a step back, uh, took a breath and said, okay, let's see where the students are. Uh, and that is that continues to be an important part of education, I think, right now. Uh, you have a graduate of the school, your daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, Of course, she was not part of the whole process in these two years, uh, but uh, 
can you put yourself in the shoes of the parent and see how they coped? I know that there is a newsletter that goes out. Um, what can you say about that? I I was sad for her too. You know, it was back and forth. She's abroad, but she had to come home during the lockdown, uh, do online learning, so on. So, and I saw the ups and downs that this created in her emotionally. Uh, at some point, you know, she the motivation wasn't quite there. The friendships, the social networks, all of these things were challenged. Um, and I think having conversations about this and making normalizing it you know, making it okay to feel this way because it was a normal response to an abnormal situation. Uh, it helped her cope and helped us all as a family cope better. But, uh, you know, that did, doesn't, didn't take the challenge away from the situation. I still feel a sense of loss in, on her behalf because she didn't experience her college years. Uh, you know, I hope this year will be different. But certainly I was able to see it firsthand from her perspective. And uh, I can only imagine what younger kids were feeling. The, the parents during this time, I think the job of a parent became, you know, 10 times more difficult than it's ever been. And I, I think parenting is one of the most difficult jobs in the world anyway, because you're molding human beings. But at this point in time, it became even more difficult because they had to, they had to manage their own fears and insecurities and anxieties during a very, uh, you know, unpredictable situation. And at the same time, they had to be there for their kids like never before. And oftentimes 24 seven, which made it even more difficult because who can live with someone, you know, 24 seven. So, but I would say that, um, there was quite a bit of dialogue with the parents. They reached out for many, uh, needs that they had. And we also did the best we could to get information out there and get them involved, whether it was through focus groups or, uh, sessions where they were hearing from experts and so on and so forth. And many of the parents took advantage of this. And what was interesting is that the parents were open to learning new things because they wanted to know how to navigate this. This made all the difference in the world. You are listening to The Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. Before stepping up to the office of the president, you were serving someone else's vision. Mm -hmm. What is your vision? As a president, how do you expect that uh, that will pave the way the school operates in the next few years? It was the my vision is an evolution of all of these years. And, you know, we all worked very close together um, to determine the previous vision as well. But I think it's an evolution of that vision. And what it one of the questions that we're always asking ourselves as educators and as parents is, what is it that will make children successful? What's, what is it going to take for them to compete in a world out there where, you know, certain skills and knowledge are, are needed and so on and so forth? But do we really ever ask ourselves, what is it going, what, what will make kids happy? What will make individuals happy? What makes us happy? I think that education needs to combine these two questions. So what will make someone successful and at the same time happy? And I don't mean it, you know, I mean satisfaction. I mean uh, a, a sense of internal locus of control. I mean the ability to cope with and navigate and initiate change 
And so I think these are the questions that we need to be asking as educators because the world isn't going to stop changing. Right now it's changing quickly on multiple levels. And education needs to be ahead of those changes by looking at the child holistically, by paying attention to individual you know, needs as well. And what is it exactly that will make uh, children happy? And in the process, I think we need to develop and create the platform for more of this internal satisfaction, because that's also going to help kids cope with the changes and be prepared to navigate these rather than be victims of the changes. You used to lead the team that assesses the socio-emotional readiness of uh, students who apply to ACS Athens. The academic counseling team also assists and guides our future graduates on their path to college and universities. You personally know what it takes for a child to grow within our environment. Um, you also have seen your own daughter go through these gates to university. What are the traits that we hope our graduates um, have that are so important uh, that we need to safeguard and develop? How do you see the graduate of ACS Athens going out to the world? Yeah. I think that the question for me is always, what kind of citizen do we want to send out into the world? What kind of person needs to go out there that graduates from ACS Athens? What habits of mind and heart and spirit do they need to possess? What skills, what knowledge, what competencies? And we have the profile of a graduate, but ultimately it's all summed up in a, a few words. And what I would like to see is students who are able to you know, synthesize information, to uh, really understand what they're studying and how this applies to real life. So there needs to be a connection with real life. Students who obtain the skills, students who are not afraid to take initiative, but more importantly, students who position themselves or people who position themselves in the world to improve life and living on the planet. And when I say life, I'm, uh, I mean, first of all, their own lives. You know, how do I make my life easier, my family's life easier? How do I create the kind of platform and the, how do I make the kind of decisions in my relevant area of study or career tomorrow or, you know, um, innovation tomorrow that will improve my life and the life of others and life on the planet, make a life on the planet sustainable. I think these kinds of mindsets need to be cultivated in education. So now what kind of student it, th does this take? I think that's the idea of uh, diverse and holistic is taking the student where they are and guiding them to go to be what we call architects of their own learning. You have encouraged everyone, especially this year, to look for a why in all they do, um, to seek a purpose that guides all their actions and answer that why. What is your why? My why is that, you know, having spent so many years in psychology and seeing uh, human pain and dysfunction, uh, and the goal has always been to help people function optimally because everybody dysfunctions at some point in our lives. Um, and many times we project a lot of this unhappiness and dysfunction into the world. And so my goal is, my why is to create healthy, balanced individuals who can go deep within themselves, find their own why, position themselves, and then everything else becomes a tool 
to make life, you know, in general better. Now, the difference is these days is that changes are so rapid and on such multiple levels that sometimes we always feel like we're running behind the changes. Well, how do we get students to think strategically ahead of the issue with different options, different solutions, become part of the solution instead of part of the problem? How do we do that so that they don't feel like they're victims? Because the feeling of being a victim projects a lot of awful things into the world. There's a victim and a victimizer usually. Uh, and that could be technology. I'm not saying it has to be a person. So how do we get those mindsets in a place where kids are always thinking, or as they become adults, I'm going to figure this out. No matter what it takes, I'm going to figure this out because I know where to look. I know where to get help. I know where the information you know I need is and so on and so forth. And so that's my why to create healthy, balanced individuals who will project that into the world. Have you read any book lately that made you turn back to a page and read it twice or maybe more than twice? Yeah, I really like the um, the book, The Dance of Change, which is by Peter Singh. And um, he talks about change in organizations, of course. And uh, one of one of the things I remember from this book is he talks about profound change uh, and profound change in organizations, which, according to him, combines inner shifts in people's values, aspirations and behaviors with outer shifts in processes, strategies, practices and systems. This is kind of a guide for me, because what he says is. This profound change literally means moving towards the fundamental. In profound change, there's learning. The organization doesn't just do something new. It builds its capacity for doing things in a new way, and it builds its capacity for ongoing change. And I think that, as an institution, is what we need to focus on. How do we create change and make it sustainable? And it has to go to the roots. Dr. Pelonis, thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Papadak. It's been a pleasure. You are listening to The Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. Make sure you subscribe to The Owlcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. This has been a production of the ACS Athens Media Studio. Mm-hmm.